right, social media family. Thank you once again for joining us for another installment of the Discipling Through Philippians series. Now, we are on lesson 12 tonight, lesson 12. So we're going to start at chapter 4, chapter 4. We are in chapter 4 of the book of Philippians. So let's look at these first three verses, verses one through three in Philippians chapter four. All right, I'll be reading it from the, let me read it from the old school King James first. And it reads like this. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Edius and I beseech Syndicate that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow. Help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Okay. Now, there are a couple of issues here, a couple of things I want us to kind of look at uh, as we look at these three verses. There are things that we can, we can look at in all of them. Now, when he says, therefore, brethren, my dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown. What do you hear Paul saying there? Like the way he is, is, he is talking to the Philippian church, the way he's talking, like he uses the word my joy and crown. What do you hear being communicated there? I'm just saying it's like he's talking to his kids, like his children. He's like so proud. That's just off on the top of my head. That's good. That's good. He's so invested in what he's put into them and loves them so much and he's so proud of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because he says my joy and my crown. Right? So a crown kind of it what does it do? It signifies something. Right? And you look at it and it's like, wow, you know, it, it represents a level of position, level of honor. Right? Then he uses the phrase, my joy. So I see how Julie got the connection with children because he, you know, this is this is the apostle that, you know, he is pouring into them in the gospel, right? So the way you, you look at a child and you see how they grow and develop and, how, and, and when they do good things, when you see the character, you see the goodness, you see the, the fruit in them. As a parent, how does that make you feel? 
conversion says here when it's connection to what y'all are talking about it said I want the very best for you and so that's what you want for your children the very best for them he calls them dearly beloved, dear beloved twice uh, in the wow. same verse wow dearly beloved therefore my brother <coughs> dearly beloved and at the end do not stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Same sentence, same verse. Same yeah. Okay. You really want to make that point clear? <laughs> Very loved. Right. Highly favored. Hmm. The crown, you know, crown represents like he's in position, royalty. Can't get much higher. Or no, can't get any higher other than, you know, God being the top. Mm -hmm. That's good. Now he says something here, he gives some instruction. He says, so stand fast in the Lord. Now, in the commentary, it says, stand fast was translated from one Greek word, stiko, if I'm pronouncing that right, which describes a military soldier who stands fast in the midst of a battle. It is only the strength and power of the Lord by his strength and power that we are able to, to stand and to keep from falling. It is him that gives us that, that ability to stand and to keep us from falling, like it says in Jude 24, right? So he's encouraging them to stand fast in the Lord. But now how do we do that, though? Now, like, like how do we, I'm, I'm reading this, and I say, okay, I hear the instructions, so stand fast in the Lord. Now, what does that look like? Because in, 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 in a practical sense, because I see the Greek here, right? So he's giving an imagery of a military soldier in battle, right? He's kind of standing at attention. He's alert. He's ready for threats. He's keeping guard, keeping an eye out for threats. Okay. So we can kind of visualize that as in, in the sense of a soldier, okay? Now, Paul uses this terminology, this imagery, for the believer. We are, you know, soldiers in the Lord's army, right? That's one. That's one of the imageries that he uses in in, in describing us. So, what does that look like, though, for us to stand fast in in a practical sense? I'm, I'm thinking about um, maybe uh, Peter when he asked the Lord if he could come out on the water and Peter walked in the water and then, you know, of course, the waves and he took his eyes off the Lord and then the waves, so he got distracted. So maybe Paul's encouraging us or encouraging them to don't look at the what's going on in the world or the ways, and just to stand firm in the Lord, promises, uh, the covenant that Jesus has bought, and don't be swayed by all the distractions and all the what's looked like it's going to happen or trying to happen to you. Okay. All right. That sounds good. 
And where did where did it come to mind would be is compromise. Don't don't compromise. Um, compromise is it's easy to get caught up in. <clears throat> As Kevin was saying, caught up in things in the world and get getting to compromise what you believe, you know, because you know the world is going this way, the majority is going this way. And you tend to Sometimes there's a temptation to, in order to fit in or not be um, rejected, you have to go with the current of the world. And so he's telling them, don't compromise. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, Everybody says, stand fast in the Lord. Mm -hmm. That you're not, you know, standing fast. You're just like, stand fast, you know. In the Lord, you know, like he's adding, like, you know, you can't do it alone, like we said, a little bit ago, you know. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I'm, I'm listening to what Kevin and Eric said, and then, you know, adding that to what Julie is saying in reference to the, the only way I can stand fast, we can stand fast, is in the Lord, right? It is only by his strength and power, because... Going to um, Eric's point about compromise, you know, even the advanced, mature believer can be in a position where they you you feel that pressure to conform, yeah. you know, and it may not be in like the you know some huge way, but when you know you in conversation with with family members or you know associates, right. And then all these different ideas about certain lifestyles or about, you know, even even things that will fall into the political realm. Right. These different type of ideals. And then somebody will make a comment about those conservative people. Those Bible thumpers. Right. Having ideas about, you know, certain more issues like abortion and all this. Now, if you are Bible-believing believing Christian and you see it is your conviction that abortion is murder and you know that scripture says <clears throat> thou shalt not kill, right? Shouldn't you have the right to believe that and express that freely? Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can find yourself in environments where the the pressure to submit to another opinion would be very strong. Yeah, very strong. Or to be hateful about your own opinion, even though we say this, I know we can say this safely here. Abortion is murder. No, it is not God's will, you know, but it's like, you know, being mean to somebody about it, like, well. Yeah, yeah. And see, and this is why it's, it, you know, we really do have to rely on the Holy Spirit to to just help us to navigate conversations. And when we're in different spaces, different places. That happened. I remember I was telling that little story. I felt it would not be if I wasn't compromised. I just didn't feel it was time. To have it shot down because it would be the conversation we're having with a relative. Mm -hmm. It would have 
said something, I know how to talk, so it's better just keep it on the even keel. No, then compromise, I just didn't go down that road. And mm -hmm. sometimes you, and it's like you must don't do it, not right now. Okay. So you have, like I said, hear the Holy Spirit go. Mm -hmm. Time right. will come. I know your heart is, you're not compromising, you're doing good. Just don't go down that road right now. Mm -hmm. Hold your own stand. Now I'm a I'm a, I'm a poke at Eric here because I know he's strong on this. There's no no compromise. Okay. Now give me an example of where, like, uh, just because we already mentioned the abortion issue. What's another issue where us as believers are pressured, or you know, there's a a push for us to compromise? I know um, I mean this is I mean, to me this is subtle, but sometimes I know even on my job and uh, maybe some other people's job, they are set um tempted to compromise on the um maybe the, the environmental job. You know, things hectic. And so it's easy to this way into complaining about everything that's going around you. And so, you know, because you, you got one coworker here complaining about, you know, oh, this, 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 this. Then the other, the other coworker chime in. Yeah. And then you find yourself, if you're not careful, you don't chime in on. Yeah. And just, you know. It will draw you. Yeah. Know, it's just, you know, even though you know, it's not to say they're lying, but we as Christians got to be careful not to just go with that. And blur out things. Right, and blur out things. Mm -hmm. Understand, you know, okay, all right, call me, this is, what you call me to, this is the mind example to have regardless of the circumstance. Um, we still say focuses, but you know what, hey, in spite of, you know what, he give me the grace to handle this. He give me the grace to go through this. So, yeah. Uh, because it makes it so easy to nowadays to get caught up in that because mm -hmm. you know people around you just complaining about this, this and that, this and that. So there's a temptation to get caught up in that. And I, even myself, I gotta watch that because okay, you know what? Yeah, it does. It does, yeah. And then you have to like uh, look at your tag or <laughs> I'm bending it. I ain't bending it. You know. Sometimes it comes to that. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. that'd be the best way to handle it. But. Yeah. I mean, that's a very practical example. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I've been, you know, I've been on both sides of that. Yeah. Sometimes I'll be feeling some kind of way. You know, I've been, yeah. been in a situation where I'm like, yeah, get get right on in it too. Like, yeah, yeah. They need to do XYZ. Yeah. This is sorry. Blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, wow. I'm not standing out. Yeah. I'm doing the same thing everybody else doing. Straight complaining. Right. Yeah. And the thing about it is, even if it's it's really difficult when there are some things that are real issues. Right. Right. Yes. right? Mm -hmm. But now as a believer, now how can I represent the counterculture, the reverse of the norm? See, this is how the people know we're peculiar, right? 
if we're not doing the same thing everybody else doing, you know, and, and sometimes it's difficult, especially when you have like tangible reasons why you could complain. Another thing too is even what's going on in the world, and I learned that here is that you know we hear something or somebody going through something or they did something, and you know, and like once again what they did or what they say it was blatantly wrong, and you know you may be in, like I said, at work or in a group where they just attacking that person, and I've learned to say you know what I ain't saying nothing. And my, my response now, I've learned, well, I'm, I'm going to pray for them. I don't know the whole situation. I don't know yeah, what they did is wrong. I can see how, you know, people don't like that. Or I can see how that's pretty bad. But, you know, I don't know. So I'm going to pray for them because I got my own issues. Yeah. Okay. Somebody pulled back the curtain on my stuff. You know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, hey, they can say some stuff about me too. So I'm learning. I'm learning to say, okay, you know what? I mean, I don't know. I, I may have my opinion. Well, I, I see how that would be bad, or if they did that, that's pretty wrong, you know. But you know, I'm like, okay, but I don't know. I'm going to prayer for them, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being pulled in, you know, trying yeah. to get you to start saying things, not knowing the whole story. Right, because you can so easy to go get caught up in that propaganda and that, you know, <laughs> stuff. And, you know, you got social media, you see stuff on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and, you know, you got the news now. It's hard. Yeah. It, I it mean, even when we sports stuff pop up, this pop up, you know, stories out there. And, and it's like, you know, so easy to attack somebody. It is true. I I work in grocery now, and it's still, it's mostly busy a lot to eat. It's harder to get drawn into gossip, I'll say it that way, because there's right. too much going on. But mm-hmm. I worked in a small outlet store, maybe not so small, and only women. And I know it would be guilty sometimes. We yak, you know, it would be slow nights, and it was really hard sometimes to not get drawn in, you know. Right. You know, you have to pray. I mean, this is really good to talk about this. You know, and what's really practical, and I think goes along with it, and it's really relevant now is because of uh, an election coming up. It's like our political leaders, you know, a negative conversation could get going pretty easily, you know, whether you work or social situation. And and the scriptures tells us, you know, you know, for kings and all those in authority, we're to, you know, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and even giving of thanks to all those people that are involved in leadership in a political situation. So we're not there, you know, regardless of whether we vote for them or agree with them, that's irrelevant. We're not, it's easy to be pulled in and get engaged in that conversation rather than just stick to what Timothy or what Paul was instructing Timothy to do with leaders in their authority. And even carried even further, um, I think Paul, I believe he was quoting uh, an older Testament scripture when, when uh, he was called into question, and I don't know the exact story. I can't remember it, but 
you know, he was kind of called into question and kind of he might have been smacked or had his hands put on him and he kind of said some very harsh words to uh, the person that was in authority. And then somebody told him, hey, this is the, I forgot who it was, the high priest or chief priest or somebody. And then he said, oh, I did not know that that's what it was because it is written that thou shalt not speak evil of the ruler of thy people. So he corrected himself knowing when he found out that that was a leader, you know, whether it was church or political, I'm not sure. And so as not to even put his words, and I don't think it was his leader. I think it was just whatever region or whatever he was in. So, again, that's just something to easily get pulled into because we got, I mean, corrupt leaders all over the world. But, um, you know, and it's definitely easy to talk, you know, to be pulled into conversation and talk negatively about it. Let's go ahead and look at that. Thank you. I know I butchered it pretty good. <laughs> First Timothy chapter two. First Timothy two. Let's see. Kevin bringing that Rhema word for next week, you know. Because <laughs> because who whoever get voted in, somebody gonna be mad. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. All right. Starting at verse one, going down to four. All right. And then New New Living Translation it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. It's very simple, very plain. Now, I'm going to tell you what this didn't say. It didn't say, pray this way for Republican senators, senators and House representative members and Republican mayors. Right. And it didn't say, pray this way for Democratic delegates and city council. Right. Say, pray this way for kings and all in authority. So regardless of who's in the seat, we have authority as the body to have influence on what's going on, the decision making. All right. But again, if the enemy can get us to fight and feud and get our eyes on Who's in the seat? Who's not in the seat? Exalting that over the instruction that Paul gave 
gave us through Tim, you know, to Timothy and to all of us, then the enemy can just undermine a lot of things, right? And we see the the fruit of that, right? That's true. You know, you know, we always hear that a lot of times. It's like, well, so and so was in the office, so that I bless our hearts. I hear a lot of my customers say things, and as far as I'm talking, I'm gonna say I don't get drawn, but a lot of times you try to say things that are where they're supposed to say anything. I'm like, mm -hmm. well, you know, we could have you know the best person in the world or whatever seat, you know, say it that way. And I'm like, I was taught, I don't know, in my government, I did a very like Christian based mom homeschooled me my uh, curriculum like when i just studied government one of the biggest things i remember they highlighted for the whole book it would be like in bold print remember the cornerstone of american government is the character of the american people and it would always like talk about how when the character goes bad in america <laughs> the government right. goes bad and i'd go like you know i just it really set a precedence for me where i was like wow you know said i go like we said we can influence you know no matter what and i go I feel like the more we influence, the better the government's going to go, or government by, you know, the people in America anyway, what we have, and then we have some listening in other parts of the world, but, you know, anyway, when you have that kind of thing, I mean, even if you have a bad government, I can't imagine being under one, I hope I never am, but, you know, being the light of the world is, is the most important thing, so, yeah. But this, going back to the King James right now, it says stand fast back in the culture that we live in, it's not popular. Mm. And because it's not popular, then, you know, sometimes people won't, they won't stand because when you stand, mm. then, you know, we're not trying to be hated, but Jesus said you're going to be. Yeah. It, it, it's just, you know, no none of us going out here to try to get people to alienate people and make people upset. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. that's not our goal, but he lets us know when you stand. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to be, you're not going to be liked. You know, so therefore, it's, it's something, what they say, come on with the package. Yeah. You know, but we're not, you know, of course, you know, you're not going out here trying to make enemies, but yeah. the unfortunate standing in the truth of God's word, you're going to make some. Yeah, yeah. And then you get favor in some places too. Yeah, you get some favor. Yeah. You know, it's like it's, it's just when we talking about standing firm, it's and you go oh, yeah. against um you know, the culture and the ways of this world, you you wanna make some enemies. Yeah. That's true on the positive side, like if you're just saying favor, you know, if you're at your job and then you're known as the one who doesn't get the gossip. You're mm -hmm. the one who's known for Staying later when you're asked or not complaining, and then they look at you and go, I'll give them more hours, you know, or I'll give them a rage, you know. <laughs> so there's benefits too, right? Mm -hmm. hey. <laughs> look at verse three, though. And we're going to get back to Philippians, but I want to just say it for a He says, this is good and pleases God, our Savior. What pleases him? What is good? Verse 2, verse 1. Because, I mean, in verse 1, he, Paul just covered everybody. He said, first of all, pray for all people. 
And the King James says all men. That includes women too. Everybody. All means all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. And the Hebrew, the, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, and the Greek. All means all. all. Everybody. You know, it's interesting we're talking about this. It's really funny. I, I remember I was thinking about this today about like giving honor titles to our leadership, like our government stuff in America, you know, president or governor or whatever. And I've had friends, and I'm not judging them. I've, I've been there, you know, I get frustrated too sometimes with things. But mom taught me, she had read a book a long time ago about honor and how it rewards us and stuff. Another minister we used to listen to, and it was very interesting because. He talked about honor's reward and, you know, no matter if you agree with somebody, you know, like people in authority, always using the proper titles and things. And okay. I would have friends who were on a specific belief system and politics that I was, and I would go like president so-and-so or whatever for the past several, I would say, in the years that have been. And it'd be like, I don't call so-and-so my president. They ain't my president, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, those are Christian people. And I'm looking at the word, I'm thinking... Well, Mordecai told um, Haman, right? Yeah, Haman, sorry, trying to think of the names. Anyway, y'all know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Told him, I don't bow before anybody except my God and my king. You know, and I'm like, we're supposed to, whether you agree or not. Right. He's, he, she, Billy Goat, you know, they're still our president, they're still our governor, or whatever. And I go, I, I, you know, I, I've understood, you know, I mean, sometimes the things I don't agree with. and. It, it makes you angry, but it's just like, but there's still the, the mantle, the title is still there. You know? <laughs> we can't honor for one person and then on another, you know. So. That's good. That's good. That's good. So, in that sense, then, how can we, how can we follow this and stand fast? and not conform and compromise, right? Because think about everything we said up to this point, talking about conformity, the pressure to conform, to, to give in to the pressure to complain, to point fingers, to, to backbite, to slander, like other people and political parties and, and even fellow believers that don't have the same political perspective as you, all this type of stuff, right? So for us to be peculiar, truly peculiar, and to stand fast like Paul was talking about, it doesn't mean to compromise my conviction on more issues, but it does mean not to emulate the secular flesh behavior in my opposition, like our opposition, my eye opposed with light instead of darkness. It doesn't look good, and I I say this as careful as I can, but I have a friend on a different political stance than I am that we never talk about. We're very good friends. Mom knows I'm talking about one of my very very dear friends, and she posted something on Facebook, and it really hit me, and I was like, oh my god. And it was something said in a conservative party type of thing, I'll say it that way, and standing for values, if you will, but the way it was done, it was like a hateful thing that was said, mm -hmm. and it was women scantily clad, I'll say it that way, not dressed very well, 
And this friend of mine who posted it, she posted with it, her own caption on it. She goes, oh, wow, you know, like, um, and, and talk about, you know, cross-dressers or something like that. In other words, and I know what she was saying, it's like, okay, you're picking on how we believe about being transgender, cross-dressing and stuff, but look at what, you know, display. And I go, and I mean, it made me want to, I mean, I heard what she said, but it's like, you know, I mean, it was like, ew, I'm like, what do we say? You know, <laughs> you know, we got to be careful. We all yeah. got to be careful, you know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, just synchronizing our, our words and actions. Synchronizing it. You know, and, and again, you can get seduced mm -hmm. into into believing that acting ugly or being aggressive with yeah. your moral point, just because it may be the right position to stand. Mm -hmm. If you exercise or deliver that message the wrong way, then it, it's not only causing strife, but it's a bad witness, too. Mm -hmm. Look at the thing about love again. You know, the love chapter. If you do all these things, yeah. sell your body, give everything away, it's it's just the idea. You're doing all this stuff, but you don't do it in love. It's not accomplishing anything. So when you're giving your opinion and you give it with nastiness and all, my opinion is the right one. And you're, and you're yeah. just being nasty. Mm -hmm. You're not winning any points. Because mm -hmm. it's like... Putting, it's putting a, a, a prime ribeye steak on a garbage lid. Mm -hmm. That's a good analogy. Yeah, all right. That is a good analogy. Right? Now, the, you, now that prime steak, is that's the, that's, yeah, that's the truth right there, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, you want that. But do you want it on a garbage lid with slime and just old, old rotten meat bits and, and, yeah. and rust and, and, rust and, and, yeah, and, and all, all that junk on it? What I mean, our relative that you talked about she felt the love, but a, a relative in law, say it that way, they came in the family years ago and they felt the love of God. We had a lot of religion, we dealt with this for my, my time. And she said it almost kind of made her stroke her crazy at one time because she because felt the love. When, she, when yeah, she first came into the family, she felt a whole lot of love, I think, from one a certain person, and then another showed the love until. You cross them, and then they could be very, very mm -hmm. vicious. vicious yeah. And it, this in-law went. They almost had a nervous breakdown from it. They were new into the faith, <laughs> and looking at you know, this new way of looking at life and stuff. And now God is. Mm -hmm. It's like one minute you're being loved on, the next minute you're being. Don't do that. Don't do that. And you know, bad things being said or behind their back and stuff. So it was confusing. It's like you say, you love me, but then you do this. I don't understand. They, they couldn't catch it. And it was, it almost drove them. They so missed it. It was schizo. Yeah, they they thought, they, they, they were okay now, but they said it took them a while to mm -hmm. break free of that, this this up and down, you know, like schizophrenia. Yeah. Like God of schizophrenia. It's like, no, they don't realize God is love all the time. Okay. All right. So this is a good segue into verse two. The Philippians 4, where Paul says, I beseech Edia and Seneca, 
Please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. Now, in the King James, it says, I beseech Herodias, I think, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it, Herodias, and beseech Syndicate that they be of the same mind in the Lord. All right. In the Passion Translation, it reads like this. He says, I plead with Herodia and Syndicate to settle their disagreement and be restored with one mind in our Lord. Okay. Now, when you hear that phrase, be of the same mind, what 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 is Paul communicating here? Being of the same mind. Because we just finished talking about, you know, this whole issue with strife, right? And you know we in election season, so we've got our feel of that. Right, even amongst us as believers, whether you whether you're wearing a blue or red flag. So, how do how do we reconcile that? I, I think um, <clears throat> well, it's it's that mind of Christ. Okay, um, I think in Philippians chapter two, it talks about the mind of Christ putting somebody else before yourself. Um, standing fast in the Lord would be, you know, in this situation or like say, you know, brother, sister, not agreeing, different parties or whatever, knowing that, hey, you got Romans eight twenty eight. Hey, all things work together for good. Those that love God called according to his purpose. So regardless of who wins, it doesn't really matter to you. It's going to work for good. Um, you know, it's just so many promises and, and it's that covenant that the Lord has given us that we really, when everything's said and done, don't have to be concerned about. It. I mean, everything through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving, we would have let our requests be made known to God. And then the peace of God, we got it, surpasses all understanding. So if you got, you can pray for who you want to win or whatever you want to happen. And if it don't happen, you can also have that same peace, you know? I mean, it's just, you know, I, Philippians really does a good job with it. And it says, you know, put on that mind of Christ, you know, you know, him being God, he laid aside everything else and just put, put everybody else before himself. So if we constantly have that same mind where, I'm going to put this person before me. They want to talk now and they don't want to hear me talk. Let them talk. They don't want, I have an opinion. They don't want to hear it. And I don't give it to them. They want me to listen to their opinion. And, but they don't want to hear mine. I listen to their opinion and don't give them mine. Put in them first. But if you got both of them doing it, it's going to work perfectly. And to me, that's what he's instructing both of those, which I can't even pronounce their name. Udius and Syncotique or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's good. 
That's good. Because it, you you know he going back to chapter two, right? Because it, just imagine a scenario. If I come to Julie and I just hear I just hear Kevin say that, I go to Julie. It's like that's right. Didn't you hear what brother Kevin said? That's why the you should put the woman's right to choose first because she shouldn't have her life taken away if her if she is in a pregnancy that will put her in danger. Don't you understand that? Yeah, that's true. Now see, I could see her like she wants to rebuttal, right? But if she's putting me first and she knows how passionate I am, she's not just gonna clap back in that moment. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because what's it gonna right. do? Yeah. Now, if I were to say, you know, that's what I feel like, but I mean, I, I do want to hear what the, the Lord is saying. I don't want to miss it, but I don't want to be, cons you know, just one of these red conservative wackos. What do you think about the situation for real from a biblical perspective. Now that's opening up a door yeah. for a dollar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But if I'm that I'm, I'm just talking at you and telling you that's how it is, then yeah. how much constructive dialogue am I gonna have in that situation? It's true. It's like one it's time. Yeah. So it's like just that's great. It's like yeah, okay. So I, I like one that what the message says. This is, you know, it says, "Iron out your differences and make up." It says, "God doesn't want His children to hold grudges." So when I read that, I said, "Okay." So even though we have differences, I'm not gonna hold it against you. It's like you know, I don't want nothing to do with her. She, you know what? She just so set on, you know, hey, no abortion, no abortion. But you know what? I think that, you know, in certain situations, they should have to. And I don't want nothing to do with her. Just, you know, and that's like, no, that's not. No, we just, okay, well, we don't see how to Maybe if I pray, you know, God help me see it her ways. You know, so my point is, but it's you holding a grudge, you know, so therefore you have this animosity or. You know, every time I see her, I turn my nose up, I'm like, oh, there she go. You know, that type of mentality. And so, it's causing the wedge. Right, calling the wedge. So, therefore, that's not what, it's not going to accomplish anything. And then, even worse, now I'm starting to turn other people against her in the body because she believes a certain way. You know, so now I'm trying to turn everybody against her. And make everybody think like I think. I'll be in a break room at Food Line, like, can you believe her? Dang on Fox News wacko. <laughs> it don't make no dang on sense. Don't she know this is 2022? <laughs> I know I should be more progressive, right? Yeah, now, you do. You, you need to be more progressive, right? Right. So I'm telling you, this this, this this stuff is a it is a it is something that the enemy has, has masterfully used to to polarize 
yeah. us, like the, the nation as a whole and just us as, as the body yeah, of believers. believers. And it's, you know, and we, we it's time out for that stuff. Yeah, we were talking about um, just simple stuff. Anything that we can do to, to divide a believer, or even in your own home, it doesn't have to be political. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want you united because we were talking about stuff. Think about it, though. If, if one can set a thousand and two can do 10,000, well, he don't want that 10,000 going nowhere. He already wants the 1,000. It's like when you divide, it causes a whole lot of. Right. But but the unity, right? When there is unity, what what comes with that? Mm -hmm. Scripture says one can put a thousand in flight to ten thousand. Right. What's three? You know, what's four? What's four or five can do? Unified. Right? And see, and, and it says one can put a thousand a flight to ten thousand. What kind of math is that? You would think one plus one equals two, right? Yes. No. So unit unity is not just is not just additive. It's multiplication. Impact and influence is multiplied by unity. And that's why it's so dangerous for the, the, the other side, for the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Proverbs 14, 4, where those, you know, where there is no oxen, the manger's clean, but much increases by the strength of the oxen. Andrew even talked about that. Andrew Walmart did with, you know, a kerosene on the Bible call. She said, like, some people come to me like, what the problems is going on? And that problems, like, we're talking about here, probably, anyway. He told him that he goes, you know, there's going to be things, but that's where the strength is having everybody together. So, huh. I'm going to read a couple of notes from the um, the outline. It says it is noticeable that Paul told them to be of the same mind in the Lord. The only way we can ever come to true unity is to find our common ground in the Lord and fellowship in those areas. There will never be, nor was there ever intended to be, excuse me, unity in every area of our lives. We have different customs, personalities, and so forth. Our unity has to be in the Lord. The more our lives center on the Lord, the more unity we will have with others who center on the Lord. For those of us who hold our own lives dear and have not found the joy that Paul expressed when he said, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, we will walk in very little unity. Our unity has to be in the Lord. Yes. So he's, he is the ultimate common ground. Yeah. And that's true. I mean... You know, just thinking about the practicalities of, of what is said in these these notes here. You know, we got different different customs, different personalities, different. So that creates different worldviews, right? Now, as as long as there's no direct contradiction to fundamental Christian doctrines. 
right? And what we call fundamental doctrines, we got to make sure we get that straight. Yeah. Now, if you come to me and talking to this, start talking about there's many paths to the Father, then there's a separation there. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yeah, that that that's something that we are dogmatic about. Yes. Yeah. Because Jesus said, John fourteen six, no man come up to the Father but by me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. Right. So he is he is a so Christianity is exclusive in that way. So regardless of, and see, even you could be the nicest, most pleasant person in the world, but to be a Christian means you are exclusive. Everybody's invited to the party, but there's only one ticket to, to get in. Right. See, and, and that's, you know, and that's what, that's one thing that we can and have to be dogmatic about, to be true to the biblical faith. That there is only one way to the Father. There's only way, one way to heaven. There's only one way to be in relationship with the Creator. And it is through a relationship with Christ Jesus. But everything else, I mean, whether you worship on Saturday or Sunday, or Tuesday. What you difference does it make? Buying clothes or you wear mm-hmm. jeans and a t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Whether you eat Caesar salad or shrimp. Or that bacon. Yeah, or bacon. You like that bacon, huh? Mm-hmm. Bacon sounds all the way See, you know. Hey, you know, you could be like me and just eat all of it. That's unity. <laughs> 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 All right, on that note, we need to go to verse three. All right, let's look at verse three. Let's, now look, look at what Paul is saying here. He says, and I ask you, my true partner, this is the New Living Translation. I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Uh Uh-oh. That's another issue here. He talking about he working with women. What in the world is this? Didn't Paul read his Bible? Women can't speak. They can't speak in the church. What is Paul saying this, right? He, all right, I'm gonna read it in King James. All right, just 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 in case the I see the I see the little three bubbles. The the, the religious critic wants to say something. Um, I'm I'm gonna point them to verse three in the King James. It says, "I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help these those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also." And with my other fellow laborers, whose name are in the book of life. Oh my goodness. He said he laboring with women in the gospel and they saved. He just called them out as saved. They did name in the book of life. He's talking about women now. 
All right, y'all talk to me. Where's the error? Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, women can't, they can't work the ministry. They can't preach. How do I reconcile that with verse 3? Galatians said bond, servant, free, Gentile, Jew, male, female, female. all one in Christ. That's it. Yeah. And it's just over the reference of where, you know, Paul talking about that women ought not speak in church, and I have to look it up, but I know we all know what it was. We heard mom and I heard ministered a long time ago is, you know, it was women, I guess at that time, the culture, they were just like in the middle of the service, they would like say something to their husband, like, hey, what does this mean? Or whatever, you know, and then he was just saying like, hey, now quiet down, middle of service, you know, that kind of thing. He didn't mean like, you can't speak. I mean, that was just like, absurd. And obviously would have went against all the other scriptures you're reading, so. Yeah, and plus you got to say, he was talking to that particular church. Yeah. Corinth church. He yeah. wasn't speaking for every church. Yeah. It was that issue so you know we can't take that and pull it out and apply the every you know make yeah. a doctrine like okay man they can't say nothing yeah exactly mm -hmm. oh, oh, oh hold on hold on hold on uh, uh, what's he got to say all right no the, the, okay the critic is gonna wait for kevin because you know he he know <laughs> he heard Kevin, so I'm away. Well, you know, I, you know, having an an understanding and then reading it, it's like, okay, I know it's not saying what it's saying, and you know, I remember kind of praying through that and asking the Lord for revelations on that, a revelation on it. So when he said that, he was saying. That was one of their rules that was in the church. It wasn't allowed for women to speak. And he immediately, basically in the next statement, he rebuked them and corrected them and said, hey, did the word of God just come out from you, man? No, it didn't. It came from women also. As a matter of fact, the first woman that declared he is risen was women. So... You know, so it was a statement like, okay, it ain't permitted for women to speak in the church, right? But, and then the correction came right afterwards. That's the way I've always understood it. But I do want to hear what the critic has to say. <laughs> okay, he just his three uh, mad red face emojis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it's like okay it's like to Eric he says well if he was just talking to talking to the Corinthian church in that specific scripture then isn't that cherry picking how do I know that he wasn't just talking to that church when he wrote 1 Corinthians 13 like I said it's context you gotta go and study it as he talked about the culture at that time and what was going on. <laughs> yeah. You understand the culture. What was, yeah, why, why was he saying a certain thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know. Let me see. 
Okay, he 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 think he dropped the mic on that one. He ain't saying nothing else. All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let me let me see if I can make him mad. Okay. Now I want to go back. Now I'm gonna read this one more time. I'm gonna read it, um, verse three in the Passion translation. Okay. Philippians four three says, "I would like my dear friend and burden bearer." to help resolve this issue. For both women have diligently labored with me for the prize and helped in spreading the revelation of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my coworkers. All of their names are written in the book of life. Okay, so we still have this issue with verse three where there's just a clear distinction of these women's labor in the gospel with Paul. And this is Mr. Grace, two thirds of the New Testament written. You God used this man to write, all right? And he's saying this about females. And it's just like Eric said, who, who were the ones running from the tomb? Telling everybody he's risen. They want Peter. They want the brothers. They didn't catch the revelation until later. So the first real evangelists technically were. Right. So we just finished talking about division, right? Again, mm -hmm. another strategy of the yep. enemy to divide. Now, see, some of the women can take this and take it left, too. Like we talked about the other time. The Christian feminists. Now, I've heard that term used. I say, it sounds like an oxymoron. Yes, it is. Because what did... What did Eric just say, quoting Paul in Galatians 3, in Christ there is no Jew, no Greek, no bond, no free, no male or female, all one in Christ. It's unity. So they, they said the very heart of feminism is that, is that, um, it's supposed to be that all have equal rights, but it always a lot of times comes off as women are better than men. So mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it's not lined up what we're saying. Right. You know? right. But that's birth that takes the same birth out of pain. Because you've been yeah. oppressed for so long, you know, kicked out men telling women, yeah, like you said, you can't preach. You know, if you do preach, you can't do it in the pulpit, you gotta do it down here. Mm -hmm. It's like I mean, all kinds of stuff, and so yeah. we got upset and said, "Okay, fine. You know, we go in and do our own thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hey, it's just women. It's too extreme, right? You know, and just blasting in in the name of Jesus, they doing it. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, you know, and that's like you said, that's just wrong too. So I'm like, okay, I've had women who. Love God, I believe they do. It's just they've been hurt a lot, but I've had women like mom's age older, definitely not my mother, but you know, like somebody 
don't depend on no man honey to take care of you you need to do this and that i'm like they're not being mean i know that's just somewhere in their life they were so hurt you know yeah i tell you what i'm depending on a man to take care of me <laughs> name jesus <laughs> the god there you go. man because if he ain't take care of me i'm done all oh, this is vanity well, see, they'll take that and say, well, you know what? Only man I need is Jesus. That's it. I don't need nobody else. Like, oh, Lord. And then in that, we as a female say, and because I put him first to my sister, I know he got a good man that's going to take very good care of me. You know? Trust in God all the way. I'm going to take care of him. I'm like, yeah. It's like, it's like an overcorrection. <clears throat> it's like Satan. Because of that, you know, that, what Eric said, hurt or pain, it's like Satan just sneaking in and using that and to cause some division. I mean, you see the same thing in in uh, in in racism. You know, um, there seems to be like a I don't know a lot about it, but a doctrine that is kind of like birthing to to put you know black Americans as the chosen people or something like that. Yeah. You know, something again, Satan is using to try to birth because of some hurt and some pain that went on, but really it's an overcorrection, but yeah. to correct it is that scripture what Eric quoted, we're all one in Christ. That's good. Yeah. yeah. And see when, you know, when he said that, you know, being Kevin on the same wavelength, that's where my mind went. Right. You know, because you, you talk about uh, having a theology birthed out of trauma. <coughs> right. The lens is distorted. Right. So now it that whole thing about black man is God and that type of stuff. I've heard, you know, that type of theology. Right. And trying to get woven in. And then there's like this Christian version of that. Right. And uh, I mean, it, I mean, some of the stuff I've heard is like really, it's like this spiritual gumbo, you know, pulling from all types of different ideologies. And at the end of the day, if you step back and look at it, it's a theology birthed out of pain, trauma, right? Yeah. And the, so the lens is is clogged, can't see clear because of the pain. Good. <laughs> now, don't we see why Paul told Timothy to pray for everybody? Because <laughs> we all need it. All people. Yeah. All right, let's look at verse four, Philippians four. He says, Always be full of the joy of, of always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And the King James says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now, how many of y'all is hearing Israel howling in your head right now? That song, rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah, I say. Mm -hmm. But see, I mean, 
But just think about think about what he's saying. And we talk about how important it is to guard our hearts, our minds and stuff. Yeah. Right. And rejoicing in the Lord always is us giving a giving direct attention to the goodness of God. Intentional attention to the goodness of God. And it's a shield. It's a shield. It really is. Because just like when Eric was talking about, you know, the whole the break room water cooler talk about how bad the company is, how bad the, the boss sucks and all this type of stuff. Yeah. How, you know, everything is trash. If if I'm not, if my tank isn't full, that conversation is looking real attractive. You know, mm-hmm. not not that it feels good. But it's easy to slide in that and agree and be in agreement, you know, because you're you're not you're focused on just the temporal issues instead of the goodness of God. You know, because, again, I mean, it just I, I mean, personally feel convicted every time I look at this and just sit down and be quiet. And say, wow, what right do I have to ever have a negative thought or a griping word? How good God has been. You know, I mean, because we all have things that happen to us and, and, and trials and things. But how many of us deserve anything? Do we deserve anything? You know, but he loves us so much. That's the other thing is what you're talking about is, you know, we always talk about the, the fight and, and that's what the fight is. Mm-hmm. To, you know, to stay in that mindset. Yeah. And, you know, we sound the same, okay, to as we said, just focus on how good God is. You have to fight to keep that mindset. It is um, it's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and not to, <clears throat> I don't want to make it sound, I said legalistic or some type of, you know, you just got to lock yourself in the room. But it's just, you know, that's why it's good, you know, when we're talking about prayer, and I know we talked about that a while back. It's just a lifestyle. You're keeping things on your mind on a day-to-day basis, whether you're at work or home or, you know, just focus on it. Take a, you know, break and say, okay, how good God is. Just step back and say, okay, look how good, even though this going on, it's good. You know, scriptures, just things come back to your mind because like you said, everything we see on TV, media, stuff like that, your personal life. It's always trying to take you or distract you from way mm-hmm. how good he is. Yeah. And so it's gotta be really a um, gotta be intentional. Yeah, it's like you said, it's not like you said it's not legalism, it's just it protects you. Yeah. It helps you and others, you know, because then you have your mind in the right place and then you're not tempted to doubt God and doubt his Way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just let yourself. I mean, if you're not 
you're not mindful. You just let yourself go that way. Yeah. You know, depending yeah. on what you experience in that day, and let your mind just keep going and going. And then, of course, if you never uh, stop and say, okay, you know, then it focus on the goodness of God, as he said, or to some scripture, then the next day something else come up, and your mind is you slowly begin to drift mm-hmm. away from how good he is, yeah. and how wonderful he is, and, <clears throat> and stop meditating on the things that um, mm-hmm. he's doing for you, whether they be, you know, maybe small things, but you forget about those things. Yeah. yeah. And then before you know it, you just, you know, I've met some, and I may have been one of them at times, some just bitter Christians, just love. I mean, they on their way to heaven, but a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment, a lot of, you know, just things going on. Because they're just not happy with, you know, with their life and where life is going. Yeah. I love what Mr. Gene will say when he's here. He said that one guy he knew who, and he said, praise the Lord. And not that we can say, but he smokes, but. You know, something's going on, you know, just smoke a lot. He said mm-hmm. he just pulls her and goes, praise the Lord, smoke. You're mad at his mouth. I go, dang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Y'all just preached on the rest of the chapter, like verses 7 and 8 and 9. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. Well, I'm blaming that on you that you started it. <laughs> But I mean, just think about, you know, just when you when you're you're intentional about your mindset, I mean, things just are are better. Food tastes better. Your you breathe easier. Yeah. Right. You think clearer. When that mindset of, of, of joy consistently reflecting on the goodness of God. It just sets the tone. It's the atmosphere, right? Because if if we, and this is why I, I'm, I hear Paul saying what he's saying, because it's, it's like we are, in a, we are foreigners, right? We are ambassadors in a foreign land. This isn't our eternal home. This is our temporal home as we're in these, these, these physical bodies. But it's like if we're not actively, intentionally fellowshipping with the Lord and just enjoying him, we're going backwards. Because yeah. if anybody who's been in the airport, you've seen those things where, you know, you step on it and it'll, and it'll like, it's like a, um, a, a treadmill pad, a track pad. It'll, oh, yeah. it'll help those you walk. Like, it'll, it'll help you walk faster. Yeah. But in all in our in our lives, as believers in a sin sick world, it's like we're on that, that track, but the track is going in the opposite direction. Yeah. yeah. So if I'm not walking, actively walking forward, I'm going backwards. Yeah. And this is why I say he says, rejoice always. And again, I say, rejoice. It's an emphasis. He put an emphasis on it because, if, again, if we're not actively doing it, then we're going backwards. Yeah. 
because the current is going the other way. Now I want to let's let's go to Malachi three. I was thinking about this when when Eric used the phrase "bitter Christian." I, 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 I've been there. Malachi three. Mm-hmm. Malachi three. And start at verse thirteen. We go down to verse 18, and I'll read this in the New Living Translation, too. You have said terrible things about me, says the Lord. But you say, what do you mean? What have we said against you? You have said, what's the use of serving God? What have we gained by obeying the commands or by trying to show the Lord of heaven's armies that we are sorry for our sins. From now on, we will call the arrogant blessed for those who do evil get rich and those who dare dare God to punish them suffer no harm. Verse 16, then those who feared the Lord spoke with each other and the Lord listened to what they said. In his presence, a scroll of remembrance was written to record the names of those who feared him and always thought about the horror, the honor of his name. They will be my people, says the Lord of heaven's armies. On that day, which I act in judgment, they will be my own special treasure. I will spare them as a father spares an obedient child. Then you will again see the difference between the righteous and the wicked between those who serve God and those who do not. So in this, this scripture, we're getting an aerial view of what our destiny is. It's not just this linear two-dimensional thing that we see. With our natural eyes. Because just like, you know, Eric was talking about, and I'm, I'm throwing my amens on that, you know, you go through the, that period where, like, you look around and seem like the folk that just halfway, that just disregard the Lord, ain't, ain't, ain't thinking nothing about God. It's just doing their thing. But we got to remember, you know, it's, there's an end to that. Regardless of how crazy it get down here on earth, there's a day when time will exist no more. The limitations of time and space will <clears throat> exist no more. And the question is, who, whose side are you on there? Yeah. All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us once again. And we'll see y'all next week. Okay.